0: Welcome to Always Listening, episode 25, as we review Presidential. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel, and this is Always Listening. And yes, no, there's really a new episode, I promise. I I have promised before, but now I'm actually, look at this, we're delivering. Well,
1: we'll see at the end of the episode what we deliver.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, J- Jonathan Oaks, the host of Trivial Warfare, when I posted on, on social media yesterday and said, uh, we're actually recording a new episode today. Send us listener feedback if you've got any. He said, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, so, But here we are. Uh, we are finally back. And in fact, Josh, we've slightly changed our format once again. I think it's a pretty big change.
1: It may not be a lasting change, we'll see.
0: Yeah, we're going to try this out for at least five or six episodes here in a row, and, and we'll see how we like it, how you like it, uh, and and we'll go from there. The basic thrust is this, instead of both of us listening to several episodes of each podcast we review what we're going to do is we're each going to go our own way find a new podcast make the notes about it make the you know pull the audio quote uh, clips that we share with you anyway and instead of just pitching it to you our audience we're also going to pitch it to each other so I'm going to bring a podcast and I'm going to talk to Josh this week about the podcast that I've been listening and why he needs to check it out as well as you we'll discuss it he'll ask the questions from that un Uh, completely uninitiated point of view that our listeners, theoretically, are coming from, and I'm the one that'll have the experience on that podcast to discuss. And then the next episode, he'll have one that he brings to the table uh, and tries to pitch to me. Yeah, pretty much in a nutshell. Uh, The short of this is that it's going to be able to allow us to bring you uh, podcasts on a more regular basis, (laughs) at least hopefully.
1: Yeah, I mean, for the amount of time uh, that it takes us to produce one episode, we'll get uh, double doing it this way.
0: So today I'm bringing you, uh, in light of the upcoming 4th of July holiday, I'm bringing you uh, Presidential. It's from the Washington Post, and Josh, you haven't listened to any episodes of this show, right? No, and I'm not looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. it you no, know, it's a shame. You really need to check it out. And and I, I think when I share some of these clips with you, I think you're going to enjoy it too. So what this show is about is it's a, a weekly podcast, or at least it's weekly until after the next uh, presidential election. Uh, the host is Lillian Cunningham, and it's so, sponsored and supported by Washington Post. So after... The next election, Does it just is it just going away? Well, no, that's the question. What are you going to do with it? Because here's the idea. So what she's doing is uh, 44 episodes leading up to Election Day 2016. She's exploring the character and the legacy of each of the American presidents. So every president gets a single episode. And the way that that works out is she started it 44 weeks ahead of the next election. So every week you get a new episode, you go through the whole list of presidents, and by the election, it will be time to do an episode about The current president, the next president. So there's only going to be 44 episodes is what you're saying. Uh, Well, 45. 45, yeah. And then potentially she could pivot. So you could go back then and like season two of Presidential is an in-depth dive on Teddy Roosevelt, for instance, or something like that. But we don't know what decision might come there. But I think potentially there is enough support. This is a good enough show. If she's interested or if somebody else at the Post is interested and the ratings are there, I I think they will continue. We'll see. Uh, so, I w- really wondered how to bring this show to you and how to explain it to you, and so what I decided to do is to just pick one episode, uh, and I'm only giving you clips from one episode because it is very formulaic, uh, it's the same theme song every time, she starts it with a little sort of a peek into the life of the president, and then she brings in scholars or experts about that president to talk, and she's had big, big names. For instance, uh, recently they did... Yeah, an- well, hold on. So...
1: Who you think is a big, big name and who I think is a big, big name are
0: probably
1: two different things. So, Well, I mean in the world of politics, a big sh- name. Sure. Big, big is, would you say, household name? I think at least one of these is definitely okay. a
0: household name. Give me the names. I'll let you know if I know them. Okay, the, uh, the most recent one and the one that's in this episode that I'm going to highlight is David McCullough. Don't know him. He's a he's a writer. He's written a lot of uh, biographies, a lot of presidential biographies, and a lot of historical biographies. Uh, the other big name, Carl Rove. Okay, I know Carl. Yeah, there you go. Carl yeah. Rove came on and talked about. He was the main um, sc- uh, scholar, the main expert on an episode about Grover Cleveland. Apparently, he is really well uh, read and 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 well researched uh, on the election that led to Cleveland's. Um, being in the White House. Cleveland, I, Cleveland came in as vice president and then became president when the president was assassinated. Carl has to be amazing at dinner parties. <laughs> well, I'm imagining Carl Rove is interesting at dinner parties for plenty of other reasons too, but he does have a wealth of knowledge about Grover Cleveland. Give me another name. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there's there's big ones. So they have one big, big name. No, there's lots of names. I just literally can't think of any off the top of my head. But there's there's really good ones. But Lillian does a great job of like personalizing the president. Some of these you would think like, what can you say about you know William Howard Taft? She's gonna find something interesting to say. And there'll be a there'll be a a giant tub. Well, he did. Yes, he did have a giant tub. For instance. Anyway, I think it's crushed it. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's a really compelling podcast, and it's really well put together. Here is is uh, the first uh, sort of intro into this world. As a matter of fact, it's it's the intro to the episode. The episode that we're the episode that we're going to be discussing is Theodore Roosevelt's episode. It's the twenty fifth episode of that podcast. As a matter of fact, coincidentally, uh, and uh, it, I think the intro to this is very indicative of the intro of most of her episodes. So
1: in so for presidents that 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 ran uh or were in um in the white house um multiple times does she break that down like here's the first 4 years and then here's the second 4 years of one episode or could this have been a 61 uh episode season if she would have
0: split them into two different episodes or uh, no, yeah, it could have. It could have been. She does not detail necessarily the entirety of the president's life. That's why I say it's possible in a season two or a future season she could come back and say, "Well, you know, let's dive into Teddy Roosevelt." Because I did an episode. I did thirty minutes on him, but there's so much more than thirty minutes worth of info about TR. So what she does oh, is buddies now. Well, no, that's what that's you, what she keeps calling him in TR the episode. Real tight. She keeps calling him TR in the episode, so I do too. But no, it's it's uh, um, it's one of those things that, like, what she does is she finds an end, she finds a hook, and so here's my thirty minute, forty five minute presentation about this president. It it is not, for instance, in Grant's episode, she doesn't really talk about his presidency at all. All she does is talk about his. Damn wide horse. <laughs> no, she t- she talks about a lot of things about Grant, but it's mostly leading up to his presidency. She talks about his memoirs and sort of goes through a lot of his life, but she doesn't really detail a lot of the events of his presidency. And there's tons to tell there as well. I think she just had a formula, and then for each president, she sort of finds the hook that she finds most compelling or most interesting, and that's what she bases her episode on. Let's listen to the intro of this episode though. We're going to pause. I'm going to actually let you listen to this real quick. <music>
2: In the early 20th century, William Allen White was an iconic newspaper editor. He ran the Emporia Gazette in Kansas, and like many journalists at the time, he had a close relationship with Theodore Roosevelt. When reflecting back on TR's life, this is how White described him. I have held through a generation my first flash of Theodore Roosevelt, a tallish yet stockily built man, Physically hard and rugged, obviously fighting down the young moon crescent of his vest. Quick speaking, forthright, a dynamo of energy, given to gestures and grimaces letting his voice run its full gamut from bass to falsetto, he seemed spiritually to be dancing in the exuberance of a deep, physical joy of life. Until this point in the podcast and this point in the American presidency, we've had presidents who didn't want to be presidents. We've had presidents who said they didn't want to be president, whether they really wanted to or not. We've had presidents who talked about the great burden of leadership responsibility. And we've even had presidents who described leaving the White House as just like leaving prison. But now we have a president who is dancing in exuberance. So yes, for this Teddy Roosevelt episode, we will talk a bit about the bully pulpit and the square deal, but mostly, I just want to talk about joy. I want to talk about how someone altered the presidency and the country and the course of 20th century history basically by being an unstoppable ball of energy. I want to talk about someone unlike anyone we've talked about until now. Someone who unabashedly loved being president. Someone who thought that being president was just the absolute best, coolest, most fun job on
3: earth.
2: I'm Lillian Cunningham, and this is the 25th episode of presidential
1: shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow.
2: It's what
0: your country can do for you a state which will live in infamy. Yeah, so you see what I'm saying. First of all, you see that she said TR there in the intro. But also, like you get the general flow of it. She's like, yes, we're going to talk about this thing and this thing that happened in his presidency, the big moments. We're going to talk about the bully pulpit. We're going to talk about, um, uh, I don't remember whatever the other one was. The square deal. Yeah, the square deal. There you go. But really she's going to talk about joy and what the focus of that episode is the fact that he changed the presidency he made the presidency the prime position in american government where it really hadn't been before because of his like just force of personality
1: okay so that's the first bit of presidential i have ever heard yes (laughs) a couple of things uh, so you said the episodes are like thirty minutes long, uh, forty five, like okay. thirty five to forty five. Yes. How do you feel about podcasts that do a prologue?
0: In general, I like it because I like it with shows too. I like the cold open. I like the like the teaser of the topic. I also understand why. And you know, one of our buddies, Jay Soderberg, the head of content for. Blog Talk Radio talks all the time about new listeners You know, jump out 10 seconds in if they don't get what the show is or if it's not exciting, 10 seconds in. And if you're coming to this show with no real understanding of what you're listening to, if you're just like, what is this? And I hit play. It takes too long to get to the point And you're like, what is this even about? I don't know. And, and you're 30 seconds in. You're 45 seconds in. You're a minute in before she says anything about the name of the show or necessarily that it's going to be week to week. I'm going to be listening about presidents. So I understand Your trepidation. I think I understand. I'm going to cut off your point there. I also think that that is only a problem for the brand new blind sort of listener, you know, like literally stumbling into the topic, which is rare, I think.
1: Right. But the thing is, that could be like, I don't know, it always feels gimmicky. Like, if your content, if your show, if what you're putting out there is captivating enough. You don't really need that prologue before um, your your intro. You don't. Um, so it always f- feels a little gimmicky. Uh, but then it's also pretty self-aware, right? Like she knows that m- the majority of people, w- w- the people that want to listen about presidents are going to listen to this podcast regardless. So you don't need that prologue
0: For those listeners. They're probably going to listen to every episode, too. They're going to go back from the beginning and listen from Washington all the way, as I have. Right. Yes. So that prologue
1: is not for you, and the only reason you like it is because you would listen to this...
0: Anyway, see, I, I think it's, I think the prologue is especially, for, well, I think the prologue is for the storyteller. This is an example of, this is the way that Lillian wants to tell this story. I'm assuming she's very uh, personally in, in creative charge of this. If not, maybe it's an editor on top that's sort of imposing this vision. But, you know, the, this is the way in which I want to tell this story artfully. I want to tease. It's sort of like if you watch a, um, who's Ken Burns. If you watch Ken Burns documentary, like he doesn't come in and say it's world war II in color. You know, it's like he comes in with a story angle with a human angle and then establishes what we're going to talk about the broader subjects. And then again, like approaches it again from a story angle, from a human angle. That's a very public radio way to do things. Sure. And I want to make clear that I'm not bagging on
1: her prologue specifically, just discussing prologues in general.
0: So uh, let's talk a little bit about production values and audio quality.
1: Don't like the music.
0: <laughs> I knew you weren't going to like the music because there is a lot of it. Yeah, there is a lot of question. music throughout.
1: So the beginning of that for Teddy Roosevelt, right? Mm-hmm. So it was the presidential march or whatever it was. Yeah. What it turned da, into. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. It, but
0: it's like a it's like a country version Chief
1: of it. or whatever it is. Yes. Right. Are they all country folk fi- fi- Countrified, or
0: was that just for the TR? No, that right? is that is sort of the theme of the show. Is that is that sort of like, and really, it's not so much countrified as it is, especially early on when she's talking about like the revol- Revolutionary it feels War period. It's like, folksy. Well, it is very folksy. It is very folksy, but really, in context, it felt more just generally early American. I think it's like sort of like, um, all stringed instruments you know yeah, there are, it's all it's all instruments that you would have had in early america so when you're doing the george washington episode and the john adams episode etc that music felt very much at home whereas the march didn't exist i don't think at the time you know hail to the chief is not contemporary i don't believe with washington I don't think it is either, but so the music is a take it or sort of leave it choice. And I know other people. Jonathan Oaks, again, to reference him, has said this this show is a little too slow for him because I think it's a little artful. It's not giving the information fast and furious. Well, and, you know,
1: Stitcher has added their uh, their listen at one point two five or one point five or double. <laughs> uh, so I would just click this puppy up to one point five.
0: Well, to be frank. I do. I listen to uh, not one point five, but uh, like one point five, one point six. Oh, so you That's don't even I listen, listen
1: to, to this episode at normal speed,
0: like most people are probably going to listen to this episode in particular. I did listen. So at normal uninformed, f- should way to know your audience. This episode in particular, I did listen at normal speed, but in general, when I'm listening to presidential, I say I listen to it a fast. Yeah, at once you get speed. once you get the flavor of a shit, like I
1: I always like to listen to shows at normal speed just so i know what the flavor of the show is the type of humor how they like the type of context that they talk in because whenever you speed that up it can change
0: so uh, for production values audio quality again maybe you don't like the music but the mix is generally very good uh, i've never had an issue with being able to like understand her over too hot uh, music things like that yeah i not uh, think that's an also issue. the audio quality is generally outstanding she's backed by the washington post and part of that means Almost all of her interviews are in person. She's She does have some by Skype, but it's very high quality. The audio is seriously good pretty much throughout. There are a couple of phone calls, but it, it's never been an issue for me. And you know I'm a guy who's a stickler for that sort of thing. Um, no, I think you're a guy who likes to say that they're a stickler for
1: phone calls because you're kind of an audiophile and you feel like you have to defend that reputation yourself. But I don't think there has been really... A single episode that I've had phone calls where you've gone. The phone call ruined it. I won't listen to it at all. Like you always go, oh, there's phone calls, but it doesn't bother me.
0: I no, there was a there's a couple of shows that takes phone calls, and that I'm trying to think of a, of a good example. Uh, I don't listen to what's uh, what's the what's the, uh, the Savage Love. I don't listen to Savage Love. Anymore. Not because it's a phone call heavy show. Well, no, that's true. It's just not. I just don't have time for it. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't like the phone calls of that show. All right, I got two bits here to to sort of highlight content. And in this episode in particular, the Theodore Roosevelt episode, there's some great tidbits that you learn about. Uh, President Roosevelt or or Teddy and the first one is really about him and then the second one is about his kids and his interaction with them and his love for animals in a broader sense too but uh, this one is about how he again exploded into the White House with with energy so let's listen to that
4: and he does a couple of things there that will be very similar to what he does in, in the white house so for one thing well <laughs> for one thing he runs to the office so on the first day the the commissioners are coming down the street and they're walking and he is running so he's so excited about this job and to get started and he comes into the into the office and he's you know saying hello to everybody and he's running up the stairs and you know where's the office what do we do what do we start now and he's just so exuberant about all of this so one of, the, one of the things that he does is that he goes on what he calls midnight tours or midnight rambles with Jacob Reese. Um, he's a police reporter at the time because he knows or he's heard that the police are quite corrupt in New York City, that they haven't been held to account, that they may not be on their beats, that they may be you know looking the other way for bribes and so he, he and and Jacob Reese and some of these other people sometimes they'll they'll almost put themselves in disguise and they'll go out at midnight and really early in the morning to find out, are the police where they're supposed to be? Uh, And, you know, he'll just announce himself to these policemen, like, why aren't you on your beat? And then he announces he's the police commissioner and they will be arriving at his office the next morning. So he understands, and this is where Jacob Reese and some of the reporters can help him because they, they investigate. They know what the neighborhoods are like. They know where the problems are. And he wants to know about it firsthand. And same with the sweatshops later on when he's governor it's one thing to read about it it's one thing to have someone tell you about it but for him it's another thing to actually be on the ground and to go into a tenement and see how people live to be out on the street and see what the police are actually doing it's part of his style is that he's he's going to try to understand the issue as much as he can when it's something that he's very interested in you see
0: in. why I call him TR like that's a dude you can get behind right <laughs> No. I don't so in the
1: intro, uh, she has a an account of a guy describing him as um rugged living and a rugged man, right? Yeah. And she goes on and 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 describes him as uh, this exuberant person, filled with energy, that is conjuring a picture of like uh, a seven-year-old that has just eaten like two packets of Pop Rocks and downed it with a with a can of Sunkist. and that's not the picture
0: uh, I have of Roosevelt at. At all. Well, the, uh, but later in the episode, actually, there's another, there's like a, a foreign minister or something. No, the, one of the cabinet members tells a foreign dignitary, well, you know, the president is six years old. <laughs> talking, <laughs> about, <laughs> talking about the fact that Teddy acts like a child sometimes. Uh, uh, so, I mean, that's,
1: that's interesting. Th- like, that's not a picture that I have ever had in my head of, of Teddy Roosevelt. So that's a cool... Um, kind of different perspective that 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 alters uh, my thoughts on him. So, some,
0: uh, something that I don't have a clip of, uh, but in every episode, one of the questions that she asks her, and she sort of she's she's rethought it since then. But like twenty five episodes in, a lot of our audience really expects it to be asked every episode, so she continues to. Yeah, she asked one of the experts every week uh, or every episode. What would it be like if I was on a blind date with the president in his time? Like, oh, what, so what, she's what would I not experience? answering
1: that question. The expert is explaining the time she would have on the date. Yes. Okay. She's like, "Well, I would think, you know." Yeah, I thought it would have been like after she's talked and done the research. Like he
0: sums it up like, "Oh, no. Here's how I think the blind date would have gone." <laughs> no, it's like one of the little tidbits you get in the middle of the episode. But but I I think it's I think it is interesting because we do sort of like myth especially the early presidents. We sort of mythologize them, right? We make them more larger than life. Who do you think would be the best blind date president after listening to this? Uh, up to this point, Teddy Roosevelt knocks them all out of the park. Like there have been a lot of really interesting ones. There are a whole lot of anti-social ones, especially early on when like there wasn't so much of like a mass media. Dude, Thomas Jefferson. No, or no. TJ. Okay, so Thomas Jefferson first of all was like uh had borderline personality issues like he was brilliant and he could be very compelling and he could be very romantic even at, at times or whatever but also he was a weird weird dude and it was sort of antisocial in some ways Teddy Roosevelt the opposite of that like everybody would have had a good time with Teddy especially if you were furry you know about his love for animals right Yeah. Okay, like you know the story of he wouldn't kill the the bear. Teddy Roosevelt's also the one that uh, a lot of the national parks are in place because of him. I think he started the movement towards conservation, yes. Or I think that might have began right before him, but he sort of rode that wave. But yeah, okay, so this next tidbit and and my final piece about content, my final piece from this show, as a matter of fact, uh, is all about uh, his love of wildlife and how he uh, sort of uh, brought that into the household with his kids especially.
2: The White House basically became a jungle gym.
4: TR said that his father was the best man he'd ever known and he replicates that in in a large degree with his own children. Oh gosh, he just loved these kids and and was always playing with them and he and you know they'd have pillow fights and go on these rambles and and he they seemed to have said yes to every animal <laughs> that they that they asked about. Even just going through some of the the papers of three of the Roosevelt children, I think I counted something like 14 species of (laughs) of, um, of animal in, in, Pretty much just their White House years, and and to some degree, when when T R was out on the road, people would give him things. So he took a, this tour out in the West, and somebody gave him a badger, and <laughs> so they had Josiah the badger, and they got a they had a bear named Jonathan Edwards, and they had flying squirrels, and you know goldfish and guinea pigs and the normal things like that. But he picked up a, a horn a horned toad in the Grand Canyon. They had a parrot named Loretta. They had snakes. They had turtles. I mean, so it's six children. Plus this menagerie of animals. And you can just imagine sort of the chaos at the White House.
0: So, like, I knew he had animals in the White House, but I didn't know there were 14 species of animals at the White House. I'm going to be honest. I don't like TR. <laughs> it was shame, shame. Why not? Why don't you like uh, Teddy Roosevelt?
1: Oh, I love Teddy Roosevelt. My, do- my dog is named after Teddy Roosevelt.
0: You just don't like TR as a short as a nickname? Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I Why? Don't like it. I I feel like uh, you know the the. Why Disney... not just say Teddy? I, I'm okay. Just say oh, Teddy. Teddy. Teddy's okay, I guess. But you know, I mean, like he the...
1: already has a nickname. She's not calling him Theodore. <laughs> no, that's true. That's like, true. She just gave this dude a nickname out of laziness. No, she didn't give it to him. I'm yeah, saying I'd rather say friends. J is You say...
0: His friends? Yes. They, they're buddies now? No, I'm saying his friends at the time. Like, if you look at his correspondence, and that's what she's doing. She's, like, basing this off of letters. His friends referred to him as T.R. His associates called him T.R. He referred to himself as T.R. Yeah, because that's way easier to write. <laughs> <laughs> Rose, you're saying Roosevelt is just a long word.
1: Right. So it makes sense to put it in a letter, but what's in a letter isn't always meant to be. Like, I'm not going around being like, hello, comma, right? Like, I'm not giving you my punctuation, and that's all that is, is a shorthand. It's meant to be said, not, not like, T.R., oh, in your head, you're reading it, you go, okay, Theodore Roosevelt. Like, you know who that is.
0: All right, all right, all right. So I haven't won you over to to Teddy Roosevelt, to, to the T.R. Uh, nickname, but... Are you interested in the podcast? Do you think you're going to check this one out? Um, I'll probably not check it
1: out. <laughs> it and that's even after, like, oh, hey, that's a new perspective. Like, I, I wouldn't have thought of Teddy Roosevelt that way. I'm just not interested in presidents, bruh.
0: Yeah, no, no, you're not very political. I I am, I sort of say a little bit of a political junkie. I'm, I am a poli-sci major. This is what I did in college before I even did theater, before I did podcasting, before I did radio. So but you should be. This is your
1: country. You should be interested in the political process no, no, and the I'm presidential not. so we don't repeat the past. Well, you know what? I stay out of politics and let the experts set everything up and look at where that's getting us.
0: Yeah, he just waits and, and I tell him who to vote for. And then he goes and votes for the other guy a lot of times. <laughs> um So... Uh, If you are at all a political junkie or a history junkie, if you like the presidents in particular, I cannot suggest this show enough. I am subscribed. I'm listening to every episode. It is one of the first shows that I listen to weekly when it comes out. It comes out every Sunday, at least until the election. It is presidential. You can find it at WashingtonPost.com slash presidential. Uh, Search for presidential. Lillian Cunningham. Thank you. Uh, Let's go to a little listener feedback, Josh. (laughs) uh, How long has it been? Since we put out an episode two months, uh, like 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 eight, yeah, eight weeks ish. It's been a long time. Uh, this comes from Carrie Lynn, and this is one of the reasons why I, I, it doesn't seem to matter that we took a little hiatus here because our listeners do things like this. The subject line is all caught up and an advice request. Uh, Carrie Lynn. I just binged the last few months of episodes, and I love your show, but I hate it because now I have more pods to listen to. So, she's all caught up, but now she's going to be busy listening to other podcasts, so she doesn't have time for us again. So, we're good. Uh, Namely, she especially fell in love with The Read, suggested by you. Oh, man, The Read's so good. I still listen to it. It is really good. You Must Remember This. Uh, That's one that that, uh, a lot of our listeners suggested, but I I have still fallen in love with. I'll listen to that. Uh, two shows I would have no clue about without you. And I am still a lady who loves lore. That happens on our Facebook group. Uh, there was a... <clears throat> excuse me. Our Facebook group, which you can find by going to uh, facebook.com slash groups slash always listening pod and uh, join there. Uh, several ladies took issue with us saying that ladies didn't like lore. We In our life, your wife, my wife, don't they don't enjoy lore as much as you and I do. Yes. But... There are lots of ladies who do, and uh, Carrie counts herself among them. She says... Uh I'm sorry to see that you're down to once a month right now, but looking forward to what improvements are coming to the show. Don't stay away too long. We did. We stayed away too long, but we're back, and we're going to be more often than once a month. So there you go. We're twice a month at least. And so yay. Thank you, Kerry, for that uh, bit of listener feedback. If you've got listener feedback, you can always email it to us by sending it in to alwayslistingpod at gmail.com, or you can just join the Facebook group, as I said, uh, and feedback to us there. Josh, do you have anything to add on this one? Nope. What are we going to talk? Uh, what are we going to talk about next week, Josh? As or, or, or the, in the next episode, as you bring us caustic soda. Finally. Well. <laughs> It's a bittersweet episode. <laughs> yeah, we're going to review it, but they've already uh, they've they've canceled the show. How heartbreaking is that? There's a lot of them a- out there though, and they're all still on the website. Oh so... yeah, a ton of content. Yeah, ton. Yeah. We'll get to that next episode as we continue to review all the good podcasts that you need to listen to. <laughs> Until next episode, we remain your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel, and we are always listening. Always listening is a proud member of the two guys and a rogue network you can find more great reviews and our full list of episodes by searching for always listening in itunes or stitcher or go to blogtalkradio.com always listening pod find us on facebook and twitter as well always listening pod and email the show always listening pod at gmail.com our theme song is enough by bethany Raber.